0: doing intermittent fasting and I've just noticed how I don't know like that's something to talk about I don't fucking know unless you got anything else intermittent fasting yeah yeah, it, it's it's been cool, but it's crazy. It's, I'm on day three now. When you when you're hungry, though, you're hungry. Like I like we, we we rolled in to drop off a rental car today. Me and the other comedian, we have like bags. Like we're gonna be without a car for like till tomorrow morning because it was it was cheaper to turn in the rental car and get a new one tomorrow than to just keep the other one for three days because that's just how it works, I guess. And I was having to walk through Tampa Airport. With all these bags and this equipment and I was one hour away from my like time to eat and I was cranky like I was eight years old again. <laughs> I was just I, yeah, I was just like a mad little fat kid again. I was just like, oh, I'm gonna haul my bags, I gotta call lift. Oh. And like and then I just I got to the hotel, I went and ate a meal, it was like, Oh I'm not that mad anymore, you know. <laughs> it just-
1: well, I'm glad you ate before you came. I want to talk about another person who is related to horticulture that he's one of my heroes in horticulture because he was so good at trying to find things to do with plants. The person I want to talk about, when he was alive, he was called the Peanut Man. His real name is George Washington Carver. So the reason why I want to talk about him is he was really one of the first DIY home people. We can get on the internet and say, like, I want to make peanut butter. Oh, I want to make olive oil. I know how to do it. I go onto the, the internet. I can find a video. It'll tell me how to do it, and I can go and do it myself. Right. But what was awesome about George Washington Carver is he had some really great ideas that, if he wasn't the first one to do it, he definitely had never been told by anyone that he. Um, that he should do it they were they were things that he created that may have been created at the same time the main thing that really got him started so george washington carver was a man that was born at the end of the 1860s right he was born at a time where he was in slavery when he was born but it ended basically the year after he was born so he grew up obviously at the time very poor and yeah. after moving around a little bit, he decided that he wanted to further his education. But it was really difficult for him to find somewhere that would allow him to attend as a student. So he first went to an art school. And really, whenever he was in this art school, most of what he did was paint flowers in the parts of plants that he was really familiar with. Because he was one of the plant nerds. I mean, really, yeah. as far as that time period goes, like, that's all he wanted to do. And at the time, he was in this art school iowa state university which i think had a different name at the time but iowa state decided that they were going to allow him to come to their school and while he was there he became the first black man to get a degree and that degree was in agriculture
0: and part of the reason i did not know that i i I knew he was probably among the first i did not know he was the first and that and that the, the first degree was was agriculture that's cool Yeah, and what's
1: really strange about it is at that time, most of the people that wanted to go to school wanted to go to school so that they could get out of the fields yeah time where so many people were just basically farm workers and they didn't like going into the fields in the beginning of the day and coming out at the end they wanted to find something new but george carver decided that plants were what he knew and it was what he was really passionate about so that was what he wanted to go to school for and he he actually opened up areas you know other schools to have these agricultural departments and convince people to go to them because he thought of the importance of not just being able to grow plants but knowing what why you were doing what you were doing and to try to find new methods to better growing plants because you could work as hard as you wanted at the time, but that was really the only way to improve your crop. But when he was looking around and trying to figure out what to do, the only cash crop in those days in the Southern U S was cotton. It was used for so many things from oil to textiles. He would look around and see that slowly over the years, if you grew cotton every single year, in the same field you were stripping all of the nutrients out of the soil and slowly but surely you were going to get less and less cotton out of that same field contribute to a dust bowl it certainly did it absolutely certainly did because what would what would happen in the past or what would happen you know especially when the dust bowl was actually happening is people would just let their fields go fallow they would stop planting the seeds and it would just sit dirt and they would hope that like the nutrients would gain right because a lot of these farmers weren't smart they didn't understand that like you couldn't just wait out and have new nutrients come right it took hundreds of thousands or millions of years for some of these nutrients to get into the soil
0: (laughs) yeah we good we should be good next year you know yeah we'll wait
1: another year don't worry it'll be fine this was just you know (laughs) this year was gonna be a bad year but next year will be great (laughs) but he actually looked and saw that there were a lot of plants like legumes that he found out through his schooling that were nitrogen affixers these are plants that can literally take nitrogen out of the air and put them into the soil so that if you do a rotational crop You can actually get within a short period of time your soil to come back to a a level where you could get uh, the same or even better crop. Production out of that same field. So if you'd farmed cotton for seven years, you could put in a rotation of something like peanuts or sweet potatoes. They would do some nitrogen fixing, and your soil would be very, very good in comparison. So that you could go back to growing what was the main cash crop, and yeah. you know make money again. It was it was you know life or death. These are these are people that that's all they do is farm. Yeah. And if the farm doesn't do well, you don't do well.
0: What was the what was the the, the, the knowledge, so the knowledge wasn't there that legumes were able to do this or or, or early if it was, it wasn't widespread. Was there also just like a lack of ideas of how to monetize certain crops like peanuts and things like that?
1: Absolutely. And what ended up happening is he told people to do stuff like plant peanuts. And it's like you said, we'd actually known for a while there were nitrogen affixing plants. There was work that was being done in, in Europe at the time but obviously like information didn't flow the same way it does. So there were yeah. people that knew that it would add nitrogen to the soil or that they were affixing nitrogen but they didn't really have a good practical application as to why this would be a good thing now certainly in i believe like 1865 or so that was when nobel finally figured out that you could make tnt from peanuts because it had all of this nitrogen right nitroglycerin the main component is nitrogen So that was (laughs) how Nobel figured out that he could get TNT and make dynamite from peanuts. Now, granted, he also made blasting caps, which is really why he did it, so that you could safely ignite dynamite without killing yourself. Um, But a lot (laughs) of his first rounds of making TNT, he was basically just taking peanuts and other other nitrogen-affixing plants and taking their material to turn chemergy, right? The chemistry, chemical engineering through plants that uh, to make this other thing that he knew was helpful whenever they were building bridges and all sorts of stuff over in in europe but what happened was carver decided that he was going to tell everyone look here's how to make your cotton better plant sweet potatoes plant peanuts especially peanuts because they were such a great nitrogen fixture but what, what ended up happening is there wasn't a lot of reasons to to use peanuts in in the at the time other than basically for eating which we you know we knew we could eat the root mass they didn't have a a huge reason so whenever he convinced several hundred or even thousand farmers to do these as cover crop all of a sudden there was a glut on the market of peanuts and people didn't really know what to do with them so through the course of his life, he started teaching at the Tuskegee School, which is now in Alabama. He, what he wanted to do was find more uses for items that already were there. Find more uses for it. So he was, he didn't invent everything, right? He wasn't the first person to think of peanut butter, necessarily. Yeah. But he did come up with peanut butter on his own. He convinced a lot of people how great it was. It's like he said before, uh, you know, it's something that's mostly sugar. It's something that you can put with a lot of things that is really good to eat. So he made a way for these farmers to not only improve the value of their
0: cropland, but also to make money while they were doing this. Yeah, you think of those like the, those byproducts that come out of like certain industries. Uh, my... So uh, for a short time, and like when I've moved to Connecticut, my cousin has a very successful very uh like it's it was large then it's larger now landscape business and uh he had gotten to this thing where he was just creating biodiesel like like manufacturing biodiesel by get you know the, the getting the oil from restaurants and uh um, and then he would uh he would, you know, he would make his own biologies there and think. I helped him do that, and he would run all his machines and his trucks off that. And there was this, this emulsion; it was like byproduct. And I, 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 I used to remember the terms. I made, I made it like every day for like a month. I made like two hundred fifty gallons a day. It was kind of crazy, but uh, we would uh, basically. He would take we would take this byproduct and try to sell it to farms, and I guess I had an application in candle making. And it's one of those things like when you really start to look at like what you're leaving on the table. It's like we have the we have this field full of peanuts, and it's like, well, instead of just figuring out all new things to do together, it's like let's make sure we're using the resources that are there now. And that's always like the type of cunning and intelligence that's always like impressed me.
1: Yeah, and and so he did he did also come up with a process to do biodiesel from peanuts. Uh, he was also unrelated to peanuts pretty instrumental in the Americans figuring out how to turn soy into fuel as well so again he was in part of that and then same thing it's like you said there's always a byproduct when you're making something and when you're doing this when you're making that emulsion not only is it good for some candle making but depending upon how they do the process through crushing and that's really what he was good at was saying here's how we do it now how can we do it where we can get more stuff out of it so he would do stuff where whenever they would crush the peanuts to get the oil out of it because peanuts are really great for oil they're like 50% oil so you know if you have a ton of peanuts if you have 2,000 pounds of peanuts basically what you would get out of it would be 100 gallons of diesel fuel but that meant that you would have like 1,200 pounds of leftover material so he couldn't figure out what it was but he found out that the way that they crushed it you could actually take the remaining piece of those peanuts out of the oil process so that you would make less of that emulsion and you could use those crushed peanut holes for everything from birds that were laying eggs really eat a lot of that and it's great protein for them there's a lot of good stuff he made peanut meal he made for all of the i say he made it again he he may not have been the first one but he certainly was one in the americas that did it and he created a process to make flour out of peanuts so for all of those people that are gluten intolerant now some of the reasons why you have soy flour and peanut flour and some of these exotic flour hours is because of the work that he did wow so he really tried to do it and and you know he was such a plant nerd he was teaching in a college and and he was teaching hundreds of people there's still stories where to sell the school to people they would have students of his describe how amazing he was at telling people about plants and things that they'd been on farms their entire life and still every day they could go to his classes and could learn something new about a plant that they were intimately familiar with oh
0: that's such a cool feeling when yeah, when you're, like, you're like, this is this thing that you've you've dealt with every day of your life, and there's someone out there that's just it's vastly more knowledgeable than you would think and still blow your mind. That's always a very cool feeling. He figured out how to make
1: concrete from the leftover materials in the cotton gin process. He There's, there's runways in Alabama that they believed are made from this concrete that are still around. He made that's laundry insane. soap yeah he he was able to do things for people that at the time it would be hard for some of these very poor folks to be able to get the materials to make soap and it's like you said there's this emulsion and that emulsion has properties that have glycerin in them they have basically the constitution of soaps in some of them so he was teaching people like here's what you can do you need soap you need these things well you also already have this field full of peanuts that you were selling as salted peanuts or you were selling as yeah whatever he would also make drink had this orange peanut punch and and it was something that I can never in my mind picture I've not had it before but I can't picture how you could start with a peanut and get something that tastes like an orange (laughs) but he would make these beverages because stuff like root beer was becoming very common in the south and you know they didn't have a lot of the sassafras they didn't have a lot of the actual ingredients so he would make something from peanuts that tasted so similar to it that people couldn't tell the difference and it was a way for them to feel like they could have everything that they had and these weren't just these weren't just the the former slaves these weren't just black these were the all of the poor south right because most yeah. of the south wasn't rich at this time so yeah. he was basically helping people to do it and the way that he would help them is he was working for these universities or uh, working for people that had these agricultural extensions and for those of you that out there that don't know the every state in the us and most of the countries in the world have these things called agricultural extensions and it's basically a way for the scientific community based around plants to give information to the public. So basically what he would do is instead of patenting these things, he would just release it to the public and tell them how to do it.
0: Oh man, that's that's so cool. Like I, I like you hear stories about that and it's always like, I mean, the famous one that I know is like Tesla versus um, Edison. And like Tesla was, Tesla was like, no, no, this should just be free. Or I have a very rudiment to understanding of that story, but that's always so cool when somebody's like, no, I made this thing and also I'm not charging for it. I just kinda wanna help the people that are out there move the needle a little bit. That's such that's so respectable.
1: And exactly related to that, Edison was one of the people that tried to get George Washington Carver to patent some of his ideas so that they could make money off of it. And uh-huh. he basically told Edison to go pound sand, and he continued to work for a university in Alabama that gave him $125 a month. Man, which at the time that- wasn't the worst pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually was doing fairly well, but, you know, it was, I mean, for the time, again, $125 was a lot more. I don't know what that is in today's yeah. But pr- he was a, a prominent professor. People knew him around the U.S. as the Peanut yeah. Man. He was he was making so many things and helping so many people that they knew it. But he told Edison, "There's no way I'm going to to patent this so that I can make money off of other people's misfortune about being too fo- too poor to be able to buy
0: it for themselves." Oh, so- go to hell, Edison! I love I love that. <laughs> like that's. Uh- that is very cool. <laughs> like- yeah, and what the, you know, related to
1: that, one of the things that's been amazing to me is he made $125 a month. It was it was very well known and when he died, all of the money that he had, which was about $30,000, was all given to the Tuskegee School that he worked with, which meant he had saved 20 years of his salary and basically donated the last third of his life's value to this university to continue what he had already started.
0: Oh, man, that is that is so cool. Like, I, I hate to be one of those like, fatalists that's like, oh, we don't have anybody like that anymore, but you hear stories like that and you're just like, I'm not saying we don't have anybody like that, I'm just saying we could definitely, you can always use somebody like that, you know? That's a, that's a an invaluable human resource is someone who's willing to like work for the good of others like that, that's so respectful. He had his life, he
1: had work that he was doing, But alongside it he wanted to ensure that everyone knows so he found somebody that donated him some money and he took that money and he made what he called the jessup wagon and i can't remember exactly who the guy was his last name was jessup that's why he called it the jessup wagon and literally what he did is he made a rolling scientific lab and he would drive this jessup wagon around the u.s and basically say you doubted that we could do it let me show you how it works i can do everything i'm talking about from this wagon which means you can do it from wherever you're at as well
0: man that's that's so that's so cool and i obviously like like you know, our our nation has grown upon the back of all agriculture and to know that there was just like a time before it, it, before the internet where information couldn't couldn't be readily you know disseminated like that he's going around and putting putting the word out like that and showing people like hey this is we can we can make these make these things happen with the, the materials we have and like the know-how that i have that's that's awesome
1: and he really was instrumental in like i said not just the rotational crop thing which right now we couldn't feed the number of people on the planet that we have without agriculture and and in you know the processes that we know is rotational cropping we have to be able to in this day and age to make a field profitable you generally aren't growing one crop on it you're growing one crop in the summer one crop in the fall if you're far enough south one in the winter or you've got something that can overwinter so that you can produce it another but at the same time he was trying to figure out how many things he could do one of the things that i really loved that shows how far ahead of the time he was and you know related to maybe even today's tesla is he, uh, he went to Dearborn, Michigan and worked with Ford to figure out how to make a vehicle where all of the body components were made out of plants. Whoa. Yeah, so think about that. Think if we had, had been using plant resins and fibers since yeah. you know, the <sighs> 19-teens instead of for now what has been 10 decades, a century, of basically every car company using sheet metal. I mean it yeah. was it was something that was wild and they actually produced it uh Ford produced this vehicle that was made primarily from plants right again the engine and all the metals that they had to have at the time for for those vehicles they couldn't put the body and some of the glassworks they were able to make out of it and it was some such gla- a
0: Glass works? Like, what, 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 like, I wouldn't even know what plant would you begin to, to use to make like a glass-like material.
1: Sweet potatoes is, I think, what he
0: did it with.
1: Um, there are now, if you see, I mean, maybe it's just from my uh, internet search history, but right mm-hmm. now I'm being bombarded by fiberglass windows. A lot of the materials in fiberglass are plant-based. Sure, there's some silica, there's some other stuff that yeah. goes into it, but there's a number of, of things that are... That are made from you know plant fibers and he was one of the first people to to say hey here's what we need to do not not only do we need to use them but we could save other materials because he understood how expensive metal was what the process that went into mining and refining and how much went into being able to make a body panel to saying look we've got leftover hulls from peanuts or we've got the skin from sweet potatoes after they can them what can we do yeah. with them and it, it was really amazing and he he was so well known at the time ford is synonymous with manufacturing in the u.s and yeah. i i bet there's not that many people that understood that like at the time ford was trying to be eco
0: yeah like he he
1: understood its
0: value do you think uh fucking uh, George Washington Carver would just walk into a Texas roadhouse and just see like dollar signs in his eyes on the floor and be like whoa? <laughs> <laughs> I have
1: two hundred and sixteen things I can do with what you just sweeped off the floor. <laughs> Did you know that he could make, I, I could make printers ink out of what you you know what you're throwing away you're like
0: what. Yeah, right. Yeah, it just like like makes all new tables and stuff. You're just like, What the hell? Like That's so cool. And it's not
1: just what he did with the products that were at the end. You know, he really was big into the tie between horticulture and agriculture. He was one of the first people that I know of that really understood how much soil health makes a difference. So not just because we needed to stick nitrogen in it. It was really common in the day to have to buy fertilizer to be able to fertilize your plants to get the biggest one. And he came up with a process that folks down in Florida, like where you're at, could use the swamp muck as fertilizer for their plants because he knew that there was a great biodiversity inside these swampy areas and that just by putting it on clay soil it would help break down the soil. He would basically be helping the composting process inside the soil and doing it for free for these people that were in these swampy areas in Louisiana and in the south where he knew that a lot of people were really struggling with agriculture so it went a really wild way and again a lot of this stuff it disappeared from the radar for a very long time not just while he was saying it sure that there were people that were using it but you would be hard to find a current day person that is using some of these swamp debris in their in their fields because they don't always understand how important some of this is so we lost a lot of it same thing with like soy him and ford were were people that were trying to make oil from soy because he said back in like 1800 and something that gas was going to be a finite resource he understood that it wasn't something that was renewable and that was before we even completely understood
0: where it came from yeah Man, that's that's uh, that's so crazy. It's one of those things. Where it's, it's it's inspiring and great to hear. It's one of those things that disheartens you. It's like, man, we've had our fingers in our ears for over a century. <laughs> like, that's, absolutely, uh, yeah.
1: And that's that's what I really loved about him is that he, he had what he knew. He knew plants. He wanted to do as much good as he could. And that's really what I want to do. I want to be able to help as many people with as many plants as I possibly can. Now, granted, he stuck with a few. yeah <laughs> Don't get me wrong. One of his biggest complaints and one of the things I love most about him is... Whenever he was a professor at this school, one of the largest complaints measured against him is that he required two dormitory rooms to be able to work at this school. He needed one for him to sleep in, and he needed one for his personal plant specimens.
0: (laughs) Man, I I love that when somebody's just like, you know what you're know worth. You're like, yeah, I'll teach you at your school. You're going to give me two dormitory rooms, though. That's awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but again how many of us plant nerds have a room in our our house or something where it's like, this is literally my plant room, just all my favorite plants. And I'll just go in there and hang out with them. And he wanted the same thing. He had a greenhouse. He had fields. He wanted his personal specimens to have their own room. Like they were another person. And that's really, that outlook has certainly changed me since whenever I was a kid. I thought if
0: that guy got it a
1: hundred years ago, why can't
0: (laughs) I? hell? Yeah, man. That is uh, that is so cool. I did not know, uh, you know, outside of like, oh yeah, peanuts and peanut butter. You know, there's not, I, I was not aware of those things with the all plant-based car. That seems so cool. Seems like I could get in like a tight spot and have to call forward to be like, excuse me, I have eaten part of my car. And I don't, like, <laughs> I don't know if there's a warranty that you guys do or something like that. Can't stop the animals from doing their animal yeah, thing. They happen yeah. to eat everything that can't
1: move faster than them. So yeah, yeah. I certainly understand that that would have been a problem. And maybe that's why I went by the wayside, but at least in his time, he was so far ahead people really just couldn't understand it. And and I hope yeah. that a hundred years from now, people look at me in the same way that, Holy crap. Yes. He seemed like a weirdo. Yes. Yeah. All he wanted to do was talk about plants, but look at the amazing stuff he helped people do. Even if I didn't create it, I want to spread the word. So that's yeah. really what I want to do. That's, and, and that's why we have this podcast. I tried to make it as much information as I can jam into these small time periods, but I, I hope that it, not just you and everyone else out there got to learn something about it because
0: that's really yeah, what man. it's all about. That, yeah, that, that's so cool. What it, what, uh, you know, I think it's one of those things. If that's if that's who you're modeling, uh, you know, your, yourself after, that you. you it's one of those things like like just by default you're gonna have to do some good you know what I'm saying? like that's that's a great lofty person to to aim for and I think you're doing a great job at it man I you've broadened my horizons on this plant game and uh, I know that just the interactions I've been having on social media a lot of people are really interested about it so I I think we could definitely use that uh, that, that that idea of like uh, somebody planting for. To not no pun, to planting trees in which whose shade they will never sit, you know that kind of deal. Uh, Absolutely, put, putting it work for the future, man. Well, we respect what you're doing, man. Well, with all that knowledge, man, I kind of wanna, I kind of wanna get out there, maybe go get like a peanut orange smoothie. God, I'm
1: starving. I've been talking
0: about <laughs> <laughs> me
1: like I don't even know that I really love peanuts that much, but man, peanut butter or some salted peanuts, I'm going yeah. for it. I say yeah. it's time to get out of here. Let's <laughs> do this.
0: Let's grow. Let's grow, baby.